TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. If you're a fan of this podcast, or if you've done my Shiny Healthy You 12-week program, then you will probably already know and love today's guest. She appeared on episode 21 when we talked about all things Ayurveda, but today I've got her back in to chat about one of my favorite pastimes, and that's yoga. She's a qualified yoga teacher and yoga therapist, and totally rocks the yoga scene down here with regular sunrise sessions in Ballina. Her clients love her because she has a gentle wise and quite pragmatic outlook as you're about to find out and she always takes that onto the mat with her. Please welcome back to the show a woman who I am stoked to say is a close friend of mine, the very beautiful Shara Carruthers. (laughs) As always, terrific to be here chatting with you about all the things that are like near and dear to my heart. So I have to thank you for that because how good is it to talk about stuff you love, huh? I know. I know. I, I just pinch myself every day that I get to do this and go, yeah, that's work. Yeah, that's yeah. all that work. Awesome. Now, I think, I think we should preface this today, hey, and say that it's absolutely hammering down rain outside. We've got the leftovers of Cyclone Debbie playing us a visit. Um, we have no idea how this internet's going to hold out and whether you, dear listener, are going to hear rain in the background because I have a tin roof. But here we are. We're going to give it a crack, aren't we, Shara? <laughs> Yes, indeed. It's a perfect morning to be inside and just chit-chatting. You know, you can listen to the pitter-patter of the rain outside or on the roof. I know. It's it's bleak outside. We've both had coffee, so here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate. Talk to me about how you got into yoga and why and how it helped you so much. Oh, yoga. yoga. Um, Yoga was never on my radar. It was never on my radar. Um, and in 19, I'm going to be, I'm going to be showing my age here for a sec. In <laughs> 1992, I think, um, my, my gorgeous, gorgeous husband, um, took, dragged me to my first yoga class in Melbourne, Australia. So I was actually visiting Australia at that point from the States and I promptly fell asleep in the class. <laughs> and I was like, right, what's this yoga stuff all about? Cause even then, you know, even 20 odd years ago, um, you know, you, there was, there was some hype around yoga and about the fact that it was really good. It's supposed to be really good for you and, and all the rest of it. And so from there, from that first sleepy Hatha yoga class in Melbourne, kind of fast forward, what it would have probably been about uh what almost about 10 not 10 years ago not 10 years i mean a number of years fast forward a number of years now i'm living in new york city and i am trying to focus on being a healthier person living in the midst of the craziness that is city life you know constant you know getting up every day and getting on subways and battling you know all the people and the energy and the blah 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 and i discovered a yoga studio around the corner for me and Took another class. Had the, had the courage to take another class. Did you fall asleep again? <laughs> I did. I probably did at the end, but you know that doesn't count, right? I mean, <laughs> um, but um, this time there was something about it that spoke to me, and it was a different, a little bit of a different style of yoga. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that, but a little bit of a different style of yoga that kind of spoke more to my own personal sensibility, and so I kind of stuck with it, and then. You know, even then it was sort of off and on. And then we eventually moved to South America and it was actually in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, Argentina, that I discovered Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. And I can tell you more about what that is later um, for folks who don't know. But that and at that point I'd had we were living in a city and I had more time and I that practice was just so good, so strong. And just maybe the teacher, I don't even know what it was, but I just fell head over heels in. And that was it. I just, you know, I loved it. And and really, it was the physical aspects of it that spoke to me so much. And then the the deeper aspects of yoga kind of came later after practicing for a long enough time, because, you know, yoga, it slows you down enough that you can actually start to pay attention to yourself. 
whether you want to or not. And then questions start coming up around things like, you know, what really matters and how do you feel and what can you do to what power do you have to change things if they don't feel the way you want them to feel? And so to answer the second part of that question, how it's helped me, I think I could go on and on about that. But if I want to just to summarize it or just to, you know, to make it into one powerful little punch, I would say that yoga empowered me. It sort of empowered me to to understand that I'm not just, uh, you know, I don't I'm not just at the at the at the mercy of whatever goes on in my life. I'm not just a, um, a passenger. I have the we, we all have this ability to choose and to to really make a difference in our own lives. And so, yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, and then, you know, of course, I'm more flexible than I used to be. And I'm, you know, I'm just more tuned in to my body than I used to be. Um, and I would probably say as a, as a result of practicing yoga for now all these years, I'm certainly stronger and definitely more open-minded than I, than I used to be. Oh, you wouldn't have wanted to know me then. <laughs> <laughs> Way back then. Now, because of yoga. <laughs> no, I guess it's, it's not just because of yoga. But, but yeah, I think that's probably the best way to describe how I got into it and how it's helped me. Yeah, it's one of those chicken or the egg things, isn't it? It's like maybe you were about to become open-minded and change anyway, so the yoga turned up, or was it the yoga that caused it? It's all, you know, sometimes the right things turn up right at the time when we're about to change everything anyway. I totally believe that. I totally, and then it just looks, and then it turns up and it's like your tool. If you choose to, if you choose to reach out and accept it and go with it, then that's your, that's your, you know, that's your ride. It's come to pick you up, you know, and take you on, take you on the journey. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause I, I used to think that yoga was just like this big race to become really stretchy and really flexible. And, you know, maybe you might go home feeling a bit more relaxed, but the true meaning of yoga is, is very different, isn't it? It involves a lot more than that. It does. It involves a lot more than that. The thing is, though, is, and this is something that I think I love the most about yoga, is yoga is different for everybody. You know, it's it's like, you know, it's like that, it's like silly putty or something. Like, you can just, it can be whatever you need it to be. And for some people, and, but I mean, you know, standing outside of that, yes, that yoga was invented to be something different. We could talk about that. But I think, you know, lots of people, and I say this all the time because there's lots of people, lots of people within the yoga community who see, you know, the yoga selfies and the, you know, and the, the super crazy, stretchy, skinny folks, and they just go, oh, that ain't yoga. Mm-hmm. And I think, well... Or they judge the gym yoga if you're not in a studio or they judge the hot yoga, they judge the whatever. Like we've always got to have something to, to, you know, throw our judgment in the direction of. But what I've, what I've noticed um, and what I've also embraced is that we all need something different in our lives at different times. And I think if you need some, if you need to throw yourself into something physical just to get out of your head, <laughs> if you... If you, sorry, I'm laughing because I was going to say if you need to get out of your fucking head. And I was like, oh, wait, we can be cussing. <laughs> if, you wanna, if you just need to throw yourself into something physical or if you just need, you know, if you if you need something to focus all of your all of your crazy thoughts and, you know, or if you need something to lift you up, like I can, you know, I couldn't touch my toes before. But now after four or five yoga classes, I can and I feel really good about myself for that or whatever it is. You know, I, that's something that I really like about yoga is that it can be, it can be a lot of different things for a lot of people. So what was it invented to be? Well, um, well, yoga is more than just what most people, you know, perhaps know of it, especially the people that that maybe haven't done any study in yoga. So if you're, if you're heading to the yoga studio and you're doing a yoga, physical yoga class, um, that really is just one aspect. And if you're doing some breathing too, so, the, so let's say the physical poses and the breathing, those are just a couple of aspects of the bigger yoga, the yoga with a capital Y. The yoga with a capital Y is a system for living. Uh, so that it includes things like, you know, how to take care of yourself. It includes things like how to treat yourself and how to treat other people, how to be in the world, how to meditate, Um and the idea really is that we 
become our absolute best selves, like we realize what we're really here for when we're able to tune in to our own inner voice, when we're able to tune out or even to even use a stronger word to detach ourselves from all of the the messaging that's that we've kind of wrapped wrapped in from the time we like you know from the time we exit the womb so all the cultural conditioning all the you know the 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 voices of the people that we love and the voices of the people of the people who care about us when we start to be able to have enough um physical health have enough uh self-awareness and have enough courage bravery and confidence to leave that to the side and listen to ourselves then we actually are able to realize our best selves. And so yoga is the system that takes you through that whole process. And it includes all these things to kind of help you get there. And the physical aspects are really just one of, it's just really just one aspect of it. The, you know, the poses of the yoga classes. Yeah. I love that. So it's like you have to detach yourself from all the crap that's going on around you to get the self-awareness because there's no space otherwise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The deep stuff too. Like, and that's the thing, like if you've done any, you know, for anybody who's sort of done any, any kind of personal work on themselves, even just, even just asking yourself questions. Like I often ask in my classes at the beginning of the class, I say to people, what's running your show? And it makes people think, Oh, oh wait a minute. Yeah. Like, why am I here? What, you know, what, why have I turned up here? What do I expect to get from this? And really why have I come here to prove that I'm stretchier than everyone else? Have I come here because somebody forced me to, you know, have I come here just to, to hide from something or just to be here and, you know, just to have a place that's safe that I feel like I can be vulnerable or have an open heart or, or whatever. And I think all our, all of our answers to those things really are, are a, a function of our life experience to, you know, to the, until the moment you step on that mat. And so yoga really kind of gives us this place to, start to pull those questions apart. Like, where did that idea come from? And is that really me? Or is that my mom or my dad or my, you know, my, my, you know, the kids at my school or, you know, whose voices are in my, are bouncing around in my head and kind of coloring the way that I think about myself and about everything else. Yeah. I love that. I think the mat becomes a bit of a mirror. Hey. Absolutely. And I say that to people all of the time. And, and I actually think that's really beautiful too. If we can just, if we can just be okay with, you know, allowing that to be just observing ourselves there and without judging ourselves or without criticizing ourselves. Oh, you know, I think yeah. it's a really powerful thing. It's hard though. It's not the easiest thing. It's, it's, I think it takes some time for sure. The criticism's a huge one. I know I've been doing yoga for years and yeah. it's, it took years before yeah. I could go there without looking around at what the people next to me were doing and then comparing myself to whether they're doing it better than me or not as good as me and whether they're more flexible or I'm more flexible. And then it, it's, it's really easy to actually even still fall back into that old pattern. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting. Like different things come up for different people when they hit the mat. But for me, it was that like comparison itis that would come up. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, that person's in crow pose and I've still got my feet on the floor. Or, oh my God, that person can do a handstand and I'm nowhere near that yet. And yeah, so much stuff comes up. So how have you like, and so how do you, you, so you've said that you're, you've kind of moved beyond that a little bit now. And how, do you see that showing up in other parts of your life where you've been able to let that sort of thing go? Or how do you even feel about showing up on the mat even now? Do you feel any, you know, that little bit more liberated or? Yeah, I think I, I, I really just had to learn not to give a fuck about where everyone was at and to yeah. understand that that pose is only one aspect of the whole class that okay so they can do that one thing better than me but maybe there's something that I'm also better at and does it really matter and yeah and then it then that does translate back into your life doesn't it and I, I know especially because we we both do similar things for a living and that we've got these online businesses and it's really easy to start comparing yourself to what other people are doing out there in the business world as well so yeah I, I do think that it's it become the yoga thing becomes a reflection what pops up on that mat is a reflection of how you go about your daily life and if you can solve some of that on the mat you definitely get some takeaways to take back out into your life afterwards absolutely and 
honestly, like I want to, I want to encourage people to see that time on the yoga mat as an opportunity to do that. And I mean, different, uh, my, my take with it, and this is kind of like just my own little quirk about it. I think, you know, they, we say, they say as teachers, like you talk about, or you teach, and you've heard this, I'm sure you teach what you, what you need to learn. And so for me, I use every freaking minute of that hour and 15 minute or hour long class to kind of talk through some of the things that are challenging me and give people the opportunity to think about those things for themselves. And you would not believe how many times I've had people say to me after class, oh my God, it just felt like you were speaking exactly to me. And I think, you know, for people to use the there, use that time on their mat as an opportunity just to think through some stuff, see stuff, put some things down and to come off of the mat, perhaps that little bit more aware or that little bit lighter, having let some of that stuff go. I think that's fantastic. And I really do. I encourage people inside classes and outside classes to, to do that because I think, you know, in the same way that you've sort of seen yourself you know, for the lack of a better term, kind of evolve from that first yoga class and then how that sort of stuff is, has, you know, has impacted the way that you are off the mat. I think that, you know, there's one, a fan, or, uh, one of the, one of my favorite yoga teachers says there is nowhere that is not your yoga mat. And so once you can get enough courage to allow that vulnerability and to do a little bit of that self-inquiry on the mat the next step is you're just taking that shit like out into the world and doing the same thing. And, you know, and you're feeling as free as you are in the class out of the class. And that is like, that's like as a teacher and as a yogi, that is like my ultimate goal for everybody, for myself and for everybody who steps into the class. Yeah. I love it. Love it. You are so wise. It's, it's, it's not about, you know, all that stuff that comes up when you're on the mat, it's not about seeing those thoughts as being bad um, and then trying to banish them. It's about just recognize them as recognizing them as them being like normal and part of being human and then working with them. Yeah. 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 I mean, judging ourselves is like, it's like a freaking reflex. Like we don't even, we can't even help ourselves. And so I think that that's another, you know, how I talked at the beginning about slowing down. I think if we could just, when we slow ourselves down a little bit, we can slow down our our tendency to jump to criticism. We can slow down our tendency to jump to judgment and we start with ourselves. And then, you know, and then again, that flows out from us to our interactions with everything else around us. And you just, you know, that's how the yogis sort of become all chilled out. Cause like, <laughs> cause you just, you just go, yeah, you realize like so much of the way that you interact with the world is, is around criticism and judgment um, and not necessarily like in a, not necessarily like in a, in a bad way, because we kind of have to look at things like just in order to survive, we have to look at things and kind of make judgments about whether that's good for us or bad or healthy or not so healthy or whatever. But, you know, as human beings, we tend to take things to the absolute extremes. And so we just go nuts judging anything and everything we could get, you know, set our eyes on when really there's such a small subset of things in our lives that really require our judgment. Um, and yoga, in my opinion, yoga is one of those things that kind of allows us to let go of all those other things that just don't matter. Like what do they think of me or, or, you know, am I, you know, am I good enough or am I as good as that person or, you know, all that stuff, all that junk. Yeah. 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 Such. And there's always, it's like new level, new devil, isn't it? Every, every time you totally. think you've, you've nailed something, you go, Oh, there's something else pops up. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And that you learn as well. You know, <laughs> I swear like every single thing is a lesson in yoga. Um, just this, this, with all this, with all the poses, you know, you start, you start out, like I've seen people starting out and child's pose is like full on, like it is a challenge for them. And, you know, and so they're working, they're working in that place, you know, they're trying to get through and understand like, what is going on in my body that this thing isn't work, that this is not easy. And they're looking around or whatever. And then you have people who are trying to do a handstand and they're having the same experience in their handstand as the, and they're trying to get to the handstand as the, as the person and, you know, who's trying to do a child's pose. So it really is a, this whole idea of new level, new devil, you know, this understanding that we've all got freaking challenges and, you know, it, and in that way, even though people don't, wouldn't necessarily agree, but in that in that sort of 
deeper level, I think the yoga mat is a bit of an equalizer because we're all struggling with something. Yeah, and it's it's actually really interesting for me that you call it an equalizer because sometimes it's really easy to see it as being quite the opposite because, yeah. you know, I, I've been I've been doing a lot of looking around on Instagram. I talk to some of my clients when I'm trying to get them into yoga and I, I listen to how they feel about starting out. And the, the thing is like yoga's reached like this unprecedented popularity. Like everywhere you look, there's new classes, new schools, new books, new websites, new online programs. And it's like I, you did mention before, it's like everywhere on Instagram, there's like these, you know, these women who've got, you know, they're down on the beach, they're wearing the latest fashion, <laughs> they're, they're skinny and they're in some unbelievable upside down pose making it look really amazing and then you know other women will open up Instagram and look at that and go well I can't do yoga because that's not me and yeah. you know I'm, I'm, I'm being I, my feed I think I have to actually like go back through my Instagram feed and do some weeding actually because I'm just bombarded with these lanky 20 somethings who are upside down and I'm like I wonder if this rise in popularity of yoga is like kind of at the expense of getting other women into it. You know, like some of my clients say that they feel intimidated about starting now because they're yeah. not that they feel like they they aren't that person and they feel mm. like they feel like they're going to be the fattest person in the class or the oldest person in the class or like, you know, not flexible so they don't go. You know, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's like my reason, one of my reasons for existence is to just, is to encourage people, is to help and educate them about what yoga really is and to, you know, and to get, and to draw them in, in some way, to let them know that, you know, we, we all, we're all in a different place in our lives, really. Uh, we're all, and, you know, we're all, you know, dealing with our own individual issues. And like I was saying at the very beginning, you know, yoga is just so many different things. And so being able to say that to people and to have them understand that, you know, yoga isn't just the skinny, you know, the skinny girl with her, you know, leg behind her neck kind a, of thing. On a rock at the beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the waves splashing behind her. And, you know, I honestly, like, I used to I, I used to get a little aggravated with um, J.P. Sears. You know what, J.P. Sears, the, the super spiritual dude who has, wears, like, the flower and the headband? Yeah. Ultra spiritual. I used to get a bit aggro with him because I think I used to think, oh, dude, you're totally making fun of my people and me and my people. But, but now I actually... I like the, what he does because I feel like he he's he's another voice in the community that just allows people to see that you know there's so many ways of looking at this stuff. We have to be able to make fun of ourselves. You know, it, there isn't any one thing that is yoga. And honestly, like that's, you know, all of that is really my opinion about it. Like I think, you know, yoga is good for so many things. Yoga is good for everybody. There's all these beautiful movements out there at the moment, but yoga body coalition. And you've seen, you know, these amazing, like, you know, larger girls, Jessamine Stanley. And, oh, there's a couple other Di Diane Bondi and a few other people who are really out there, you know, taking the message to the people that yoga is for every body. It's not just for, you know, the, the skinny 20 year olds. And so get your ass out there and try it for yourself because that is the only way that you're going to know whether it's for you or not. And I think, I think a bigger part of it is that people are just afraid. Like it's something weird. I mean, and there's no, it's something different, you know, putting your body into these weird shapes. And there's, you know, even when you talk about the simplest poses, there's no getting around that you're going to, you're going to find yourself in positions that you never ever thought about being in. But the beauty of that is that, First of all, you're safe, <laughs> so we're not going to put you in anything that's going to kill you. <laughs> um, and second of all, what you have the opportunity to learn about yourself getting into these positions and even just hanging out in them for a little bit. You know, I often ask people to like, you know, pay attention to how you're breathing. What's what are you thinking while you're in this pose? Like, are you thinking, holy shit, like, how did I how did I get here? Or are you thinking, oh, my God, you know, I couldn't I wasn't here last week. These are all the beautiful opportunities that are available to you in yoga. And I have to tell you, like, 
most of the yogis that I know, and I'm, I feel pretty comfortable saying somewhere in the order of 80 to 90% of them cannot do any of that shit you see on, on Instagram. <laughs> what? <laughs> Present company no. included, myself included, you know? And so really you're, there's no competition. You're not competing against anybody but yourself. Most people, and sorry, that's probably the naughty little secret of the yoga world. Like most people can't do that stuff. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> If you go, if you get the courage, and I invite you, this is my invitation to you, listeners, to go to a yoga class, you, there, the chances are very, very, very good that you will not see anything like what you saw on Instagram. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is so true. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's true. Somebody's got, people got to get, that's why I said, this is my, this is my crusade. Like just getting out and saying, oh, no, no, no. You're not good. Nah, that ain't real. <laughs> Yeah, that, that girl on Instagram had a hard time, and she probably held it for like a second. I mean, that's that's horrible. But we always joke about stuff like that. But yeah, uh, there's not many people who actually do that kind of stuff. I've actually even seen it happening live at the beach. Like James and I have been down at the beach, like down at Water Goes in Byron Bay. And when you live in a beautiful place, sometimes you get people who come and do those photos. And we actually saw the you know a couple of friends taking photos of each other doing yoga poses on rocks. And yeah. <laughs> Like they were there for an hour to get one oh, shot. <laughs> there you go. And in fact, I think JP Sears was even here like a year or two ago and he did a whole photo shoot on the rocks in Byron Bay, you know? So it's like, it's the ultimate in like, you know, taking the piss really. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and dear listener, if, if you haven't heard of JP Sears, you're, you're in for an absolute wonderful time. Go and, go and Google him or look him up on YouTube. He is freaking hilarious. He's that one who turns up. On, on everyone's Facebook feed wearing the purple T-shirt and that headband with the flower. <laughs> the long red hair, the ginger guy, the long red hair who talks in, the, he talks in his yoga voice. Yeah. And he just talks about what it means to be spiritual. <laughs> so he has something to teach us all. I <laughs> oh, love it, love it, love it. Now, going, going back to us regular people doing yoga – um, I yes. wanted I wanted to talk to you about adrenal fatigue because a, a lot of people who listen to this podcast do have some level of adrenal fatigue and I love getting those people into yoga because I think it's so good for them. Um, why do you think it's so healing for, for those sorts of women? Like I know it's relaxing and all, but I, I feel like it helps them in some other way too. You mean besides relaxing them? Yeah. Well... Oh boy. Okay. So this is, and by that, I just sort of mean, okay, where should I, where do I go with this? Ah. Um, <laughs> we've, we've got her on the ropes. We've got her now. No, not at all. Like I'm just like, Ooh, dude, <laughs> you've opened a kettle of fish that we are going to dive into. Okay. So <laughs> the gorgeous, the, the beautiful thing about yoga and, and there's a few different things really. Um, yoga, when you talk about your ner your nervous system, Yoga is one of these things, and and um, Dr. Libby says this, and I really love it. And sorry, I keep referencing all these people that people are going to have to go Google if they don't already know. But uh, we have as human beings, and I won't dive in too far into it because I'm sure Jules has taught you a bit about this or you've learned about it, but we have this reflex for um, tension, this fight-or-flight reflex that we a lot of us just sort of tend to live in for you know, a large part of our existence, right? We're, we're fighting tigers that don't exist. And, and you know, and, and that's, you know, making it to work later, facing a meeting that we don't want to go to, or whatever those stressors that exist in our lives, whatever those are, those really do have the potential to threaten our lives. And that's because of, you know, this, our bodies are just naturally um, prone to trying to protect us in some way. And so one of the few ways that you can actually control the reflex or the, the, for lack of a better term, the reflex that counters that. So the parasympathetic nervous system is by breathing. It's one of, I think one of the few or one of the only ways controlled breathing is the way to turn on that rest and digest function to counter that flight and fight or that fight or flight, um, that fight or flight um, reflex and so one of the things that I often tell people is that, yes, yoga definitely, um, you know, definitely relaxes you. But if you're not breathing, if you go to some yoga class and you're not, you're not focusing on your breath, then you're really not practicing yoga. 
And so just being able to tune in to the breath and tune out everything else, it, it's, it calms you. And in fact, that calm is almost a byproduct of that experience. So it calms you. But again, it also turns off all of those all of those flags in your body that are telling you that you're in absolute utter danger. And so that's one aspect of it. That sort of physiological aspect of it, where you can have that control to kind of turn on or to turn off your body's, you know, your body's red flags or your body's red signals. The other aspect of it is how do you, how do you keep, you know, once you step off the mat, what do you do? And so there's all these other aspects of yoga that everything from, you know, being able to touch your toes for the first time to, um, you know, maybe being asked a question about something in a class by a teacher, tuning, gaining some level of awareness about some aspect of yourself, something you held on to, some grudge you might be holding or some way that you're thinking that even in just becoming aware of it, you realize, oh, shit, I can totally let that go. Like, that's just been holding on to me. So, Yoga will give, gives you that power to address the, your physiological issues, but it also gets deeper. It gets into your it gets into your mind and your and your soul, and it gives you some tools that you can actually use off of the mat to avoid that whole fight and flight situation in the first place. And as well as that, I think it also connects you to the world around you. Really, it gives you a sense that you are a part of something bigger and understanding that you're a part of something bigger and that everybody's kind of in the same boat. There's something I, I totally believe that as human beings, all we ever really want is connection. Like that's if you just, if you just scratch away, like every single thing that we go after, what we're really looking for underneath it all is some level of connection. And so in my opinion, yoga is also something that does that for you. It helps you strip away all those things that stand between you and connecting to the people around you, the world around you, by just telling you that it's okay to let it go. Because, man, you get in there and you can't do child's pose. And at some point you just got to go, oh, well, you know, <laughs> got to let go any concern about doing this stuff. You know, this is who I am right now. And that's okay. And even just that kind of a step is huge, huge, it has such reverberations through your whole life. So that's my short answer. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, my God, the best. Chuck out the rest. <laughs> now, you, you talked about breathing, hun, and focusing yes. on breath. Um, can you yeah. please run us through a little uh, description of pranayama and why that's such an essential part of the yoga that you do? Sure. So prana is a Sanskrit word that means life force energy. And if you just consider that, if you imagine like um, in a house, what, what, what powers the lights and what powers the air conditioning, and in some cases the refrigerator and the oven, is like some electricity. There's some, there's some power that powers the whole house. And if you ask yourself, like, what powers the human body? What powers the human? We know that it's some, that it's energy in some way, but we're not, we don't know much more than that. And we know that that energy is really powerful. And so this idea of prana, this life force energy is this, is this, is a similar thing. It's a similar idea. It's this energy that kind of powers your entire being. And so pranayama is a word, a Sanskrit word that means uh, control of the life force energy or control of the breath. Because the other thing, the other word, Sanskrit's gorgeous. Every single Sanskrit word means about 50 different things, <laughs> which is good and which can be good and also confusing. But prana also means the breath. And so pranayama means the power of the breath. And in, so in the same way that I talked before about how one of the, one of the few ways that we can actually control that nervous system is with the breath. Pranayama is this gorgeous and powerful um, set of tools that we have for controlling our experience of the present moment through controlling our breath. So if you think about you think about when you're scared, if you tune into your breath, you may notice that your breath is short. And if you just sit here for a sec and you just try to breathe short, like, you know, taking really short inhales and exhales, you might notice that you feel it in the rest of your body. You all of a sudden you might feel a little more anxious or you might feel a little bit more 
fearful even. Um, so what I say to people in my classes is the breath mirrors the mind and the body. So if you can control the breath, which we can, thank you. If you can control the breath, you can control your experience at the present moment. So there's lots of different ways. So pranayama gives you all kinds of tools to be able to affect whatever it is that you want to feel. So if you want to feel more energized, then you're going to shorten your breath. You're going to take breaths that are maybe a little bit shorter. So in other words, you might you might take a nice deep breath in and then you might have a, have a really short exhale. If you want to feel more balanced, then you might take a nice deep inhale in and a nice deep inhale or excuse me, exhale out. If you want to feel incredibly calm, then you lengthen your exhales. And there's all different types of pranayama where you start to bring in, you know, issues with, you know, start to close off nostrils and breathe through one side and the other. And there's lots of, it's like a whole toolkit of different things that you can use and to affect your experience at the present moment, your mental experience, your physical experience, all the rest of it. So your breath is an amazing, amazing tool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I, I love all the different types of breathing and, and then, you know, seeing how that immediately changes your mind and your thoughts. It's so cool. Exactly. And I think one of the things that I, and this, one of the things that I noticed myself after practicing yoga for a bit, because you go and you class and as a teacher, you know, I'm one of those teachers who tells you inhale, exhale, because people totally forget, like you get your mind all wrapped around, you know, getting into a pose. And the next thing you know, you're not even breathing. And if in, any of your listeners, if you ever get the presence of mind as you're going through your day, just to tune into whether you're breathing or not, I would almost, well, of course we have to, first of all, let me just say, you have to breathe. Or, chances are uh, you're breathing. <laughs> yeah, chances are pretty good you're breathing. However, we hold our breath so much more than we realize. And one of the things that I, that I found after practicing yoga for a time and the style of, when I, the style of yoga that I was practicing at the, the, at the time I mentioned Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga, um, it has a very specific and particular type of breath that you do through the whole practice. The idea of the breath is that it it's loud, so it gives you something to focus your attention on. Like if you can hear yourself breathing, you can't kind of ignore that you're breathing. And it's also a breath that warms the body. And so I found that off my mat, you know, out and about, doing whatever I do, at times when I ran into things that were challenging or difficult, I would, as a reflex, drop into that breathing and start breathing like that. And all of a sudden I tune in and I hear myself breathing. I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm like doing this stuff. And it's not even, I'm, I didn't even choose it. <laughs> I didn't think I chose it. But <laughs> so that's another thing is that you, it's, you're training yourself to use these tools. You're training your body to use these things when you need them the most. And honestly, like that to me is like such a, such a gift, such an incredible gift. Now you mentioned the Ashtanga Vinyasa as well. Um, what other styles of yoga are out there and, and what styles would be the best for people who are just starting out? Well, there, you know, yoga is an interesting thing. Uh, this, and I, you know, I mentioned at the outset that yoga is a lot of things. And then this, this, um, this physical aspect of yoga is just one part of it. Well, we refer to this physical part of yoga as Hatha, Hatha yoga. And so if you hear, and I say Hatha, some people say Hatha, um, doesn't matter. One or the other, doesn't matter. So <laughs> the idea that physical yoga itself, so using your body, putting them into poses, that is is the that all falls under, no matter what kind you're doing, all falls under this umbrella of hatha yoga. And so, but from in a colloquial sense, hatha yoga tends to be um, just to kind of describe what you're getting. It tends to be a slower form, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, but it tends to be a slower form. So you're not moving and jumping and doing all, you know, do, you're not moving around the mat a, a lot and flowing. You tend to maybe move from one pose to the next, focus very much on your breathing. And that style is something that I would highly recommend for folks who are just starting out, never done any yoga before, um, maybe a little fearful of what it could be. Uh, and need a something that's a slow down a little bit so that they can kind of get it, get, you know, but honestly, like any style of yoga as a beginner, you can jump into, but if you have got any sort of trepidation or, you know, or worry about like not being able to get it, then Hatha yoga, even just doing one of those classes is a great way to like get a sense for what a yoga class is like and what you're likely to get. 
the poses that you will experience in any yoga class are going to pretty much be the same. It's just the way that you practice them will be different. So vinyasa yoga, which is something most people may have may or may not have heard of, vinyasa actually means linking breath with movement. That word vinyasa means linking breath with movement. So in a vinyasa class, and the vinyasa classes spoke to me most because I like moving around. I like variation. I like the idea of flowing. I like dancing. And so vinyasa yoga is feels like you're flowing and you're moving and and all the rest of it and the and the pace for the class could be a slower pace i do i do vinyasa classes that are slow or it can be a faster pace and you can usually choose those depending upon what's available at the studios that you're that you're uh, practicing at uh, bikram for anybody who's heard of it but aren't sure of what bikram yoga is that is a yoga class that is practiced in a room that is very, very hot. <laughs> like, I don't know, 30, I think it's like 36 degrees or something like that in Celsius. I'm not sure. I know in, in Fahrenheit, uh, it's about 110 or something like that. And Bikram yoga is a set sequence of 26 poses that you do two times through. So Bikram's like the, for lack of a better term, Bikram's like the McDonald's of yoga. And for that, I just mean, oh, no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not healthy. You're in so much trouble now. I know. And I don't even care because I think Bikram Chowder is, is crazy. But I'm not saying it's unhealthy, but there, it, there are, it could be, but I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that on you. Try Bikram yoga if, if it speaks to you. <laughs> But the reason why I say Bikram yoga, I got I to gotta explain what I mean by that. The reason why I say Bikram yoga is like the McDonald's of yoga is because if you attend, a, <laughs> I'm going to have this one thrown back in my face at some point. If you attend Bikram yoga class. I'm putting it on Instagram, mate. Oh, it's going on Instagram. McDonald's of yoga. <laughs> if you attend a Bikram yoga class anywhere in the world, it will be the same. It will, you know, there'll be some slight variations depending upon the teacher, but the, the yoga pose sequence is the same. The heat is the same. You'll be doing the same class. So if you're the kind of person who likes that, likes intensity, which I, I, I do at times. Um, and if you like a routine, then something like Bikram yoga might be the thing for you. Yeah. Like even the script is the same, isn't it? Like they say yeah. the same things. Yeah. And that is by, that is by design. Bikram Bikram Chowdhury it created that version of yoga to be like that, you know, yeah. very specific and, and all the rest of it. So it's like a system. What about yin yoga? Oh, yin yoga, you know, and there's some, there's some kind of misconceptions about yin yoga. So yin yoga is a type of yoga that allows gravity to do the work. And you know, I'm a big fan of gravity. Like I I just, I don't think we make the, I don't think we make the most use of gravity. And by that, I just mean, you know, we're constantly feel like we're fighting against whatever it is. that's like adding a bit of heaviness or a little bit of weight to our lives. But if you consider the fact that there are so much goodness to be gained from going deep, you know, whatever aspect of your life you're talking about, that same goodness is reflected in yoga as well. And so yin yoga is a deep practice. And so by what, what do I mean by that? What do I mean is in yin yoga, you in a whole yin yoga class, let's say it's an hour, hour 15, you may practice, I don't know, just a few poses, maybe like five or 10 poses, but you'll hold those poses for three to five minutes each. When you do that, the muscles relax and you dive deeper into the connective tissues and the fascia. And when that happens, you get a, you can start to get a deeper release of things because there's all these levels within the body. There's all these levels of, of tissue that are kind of forming the net that holds us together. And so when you take the time to sit in a pose, let gravity do the work. So you're not forcing yourself into anything. Most yin poses are actually like on the floor. The body is on the whole body is on the floor, not just standing. The body is on the floor. Um, and you just allow yourself to sit there. It, it's intense. It's really intense, but it also allows for this incredible and beautiful experience of stillness. Um, and also this sort of really deep release of the connective tissues and the, and the fascia and all of those things that kind of can, 
can get can make us feel a little bit stuck in our bodies. Yin yoga is also really good for the joints too. Oh, nice. It helps stimulate that connective tissue around the joints that starts to get a little bit hard and not so, um, not as sort of flexible and, and invigorated. And so in a yin class, it's, your, you know, it's really all about that part of those parts of your body, those parts of your system, your structure. And it's funny, you know, that as you were talking through all those different styles, I was just sort of reflecting and thinking about what those different styles actually because I've done them all and what they, what they do for me mentally as well. And, and it's going to be different for everyone. But when you were describing them, I was thinking, well, you know, yin yoga, I, I kind of, it tends to soften, well, it tends to soften my mind and, and it's not just calming, but it's like this softening thing. Whereas um, vinyasa, it, it calms me, but also as an ex-dancer, I, I come out of there feeling really invigorated, like I've done this beautiful hour and a half long dance. Um, and then whereas something like Bikram, which I used to do a couple of times a week at one stage, especially in Melbourne where it was freezing and you need that, you need that 37 degrees. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful for that. But, but I found that Bikram really strengthened my mind because this, you know, you're in there and you're suffering <laughs> and yeah. you think, I'm not going to be able to do this and then you realize that you're stronger than you thought so it's funny that each of those different styles does a different thing for you mentally as well oh I love that you brought that up I love that you have freaking you just opened up like a whole nother thing for your people who are listening because that is it like some people think oh I'll just do this I'll just do this you know style and then I'll just hang with that because I can I can do the poses it's all good I'm doing my yoga you, I want everyone to look at yoga, the whole, the beautiful and vast expanse of yoga as a toolkit. What do you need? And this, honestly, like this is yet another one of my crusades. What do you need right now in your life? What do you need in this moment? Do you need softening? Head over to the yin class. Do you need to feel energized? Get on over to that vinyasa class. You know, do you need a, do you need to, you know, do you need to be challenged? Do you need to, some, some, some stamina we do all need in, in our lives to face and, you know, to experience all these different things Head or some heat just to be heated up. That's what I really like to hit the hot classes for as well. Just to feel warm from the inside out, get, get on over to that Bikram class, really see all of these things as a, your toolkit to manage and to, to manage your mental and physical and emotional experience like you know experience of life because they all can can help you in exactly the ways that you've described love that oh you are such you're an advanced yogi aren't you (laughs) (laughs) totally are like that just seriously like that (laughs) you're showing off now aren't you Jules (laughs) yeah and I still can't do that handstand That's okay, baby. Um, you got stuff with people who can do the handstands haven't even got to yet. Yeah. But, but you know what? It's it's a bit like uh, the same it, – it's very similar to what I tell people about diet because, like, they find something that works for them but then they think that that's the thing that they always need. And it's like, yeah. okay, you need to, like, stop, take a step back, have a look around at what else is available. Yes, you know, you did paleo for a while but maybe you need some grains in your life for a bit or maybe you've been paleo for a while but maybe you need like a vegan detox for a month and you know maybe you've been vegan for a while but now you need a change so and people get really bogged down in in the one diet thinking that but it made me feel so good for a while and it's like yeah yeah yeah, but it might not be the thing you need now it was the thing you needed then so it's it's this constant process of reassessing and panning out and just having a look at what else is available and, and going well maybe I need to dip my toe in that other thing for a bit. Yes, exactly. And I, I honestly, like, I, I feel, one of, like, I'm always telling you stuff I'm talking to people about, but one of the things I say to people is just, like, you gotta, you have to own where you are. You have to own that. And by that, I just mean, like, we can't just be okay feeling blah. You know? We really can't. And I think, I think, you know, the, the things that you're talking, that you talk about and your program and, you know, and trying to help you and the, you know, the things that I'm really behind in, in this, you know, crusade, <laughs> this multi-point crusade that I'm on <laughs> is to help people to understand that, like, really, like, the responsibility to feel amazing. And some people are like, oh, no, no, the responsibility is 100% yours. I often say to people, you are the one that you've been waiting for, baby. 
<laughs> and so we are just here as, you know, helpers to show you like the newest tool in the kit. And it's really up to you to say, all right, how am I going to use this today? How, you know, how am I going to use this diet or how am I going to use this yoga or, you know, how am I going to use this breathing technique to like, you know, pump my shit up to 10, 11, whatever it is, like just to feel as fantastically me as I can, no matter where I am in my life, no matter what I'm experiencing in my life. Can I feel as close and connected to myself, as happy as, you know, as possible and using these tools to do it, whether it's slowing down or speeding up or, you know, or whatever. Uh, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I've been so looking forward to this podcast with you. We we had a couple Same. of false starts getting Skype yeah. happening and we had to do a bit of rescheduling and I was like, come on, because I've been so looking forward to this. Um, Shara, all Same. good things, all good things have to come to an end though. Um, but before we head off. Can you please tell our lovely listeners where they can find you, both if they're local to Byron or if they're a long way away but would like to check you out online? And that's where we got cut off. Would you believe it? I'm so sorry that you will miss the very end of that interview, but I'm so super grateful that our post-Cyclone Debbie internet held out long enough to capture the rest of that juicy conversation. So anyway, here's the bit that you missed. You can find Shara online at blissbodyandsoul.com or if you're local to Ballina, New South Wales and want to check out her classes, you can find all of that over at blissbodyandsoul.com.au. She's also on Facebook and Instagram as blissbodyandsoul, all one word. And of course, there's a 100% guarantee of no glamorous skinny yoga poses on a rock at the beach anywhere on Shara's social media pages. I'll be back next week with more insightful episodes where we will leave no stone unturned in the quest for health and wellness. If you want to connect with me and if you would like some awesome free recipes or a free guide to healing adrenal fatigue, you can find me over at julesgalloway.com. Till next week, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.